It's time for This Week in Mormons, the show that goes over Latter-day Saint news and sometimes has guests when I book them. If you like this show and you want to support it, folks, of course, go to thisweekinmormons.com, subscribe wherever you get podcasts, leave us a review, which my guest claims not to care about, yet he shills for them at the same time, so I don't know. I don't know where he stands for that. And speaking of wonderful guest people, I don't even think you're a guest, Kurt. You're family, Kurt. You're you're welcome here anytime. Kurt Franklin from Leading Saints, everybody. What's going on? Well, thank you. Hey, Jeff. It's good to be here, and uh, I'm glad I'm more than just a guest. You know, I'm part of the Twim family. I'm, I'll change my middle name to Twim. That would be okay. Isn't your middle name um, Kurt? Isn't it, is your name Kurt? Kurt Frankham? I thought that's what it was. <laughs> No, that, uh, Kurt is my son's middle name. I don't know where we got that from, but uh, not my middle name. I, I, I have a middle name of a prophet that you'll never guess. I know, no, you've told me before. We've had this discussion, we but had. I don't remember. It's That's like, right. It's something random, like it's like Malachi or something bizarre. No, no, no. Not a, it's like a, a, Latter-day, a Latter-day prophet had this first name. Okay, so Joseph. <laughs> this is fun. Brigham. No. John, no, it'll take you a while to get there. Wilford, maybe nineteen seventies. Joseph, Harold, Harold, nailed it. Yeah, I knew you'd get it, Jeff. Yep, Kurt Harold. And, uh, and what's your grandmother's maiden name? Uh, grandmother's maiden name, like my maternal grandmother. Yeah, is Morris. Morris, and um, what elementary school did you go to? <laughs> Rolling Meadows. Okay, good job. <laughs> Doesn't <Kurt>. work, Jeff. <laughs> I look forward to stealing your identity. Thank you. <laughs> Leading Saints is mine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. None of I that is, I've used. I've, I'm great. I'm actually in Provo, Utah, you know, the uh, Mecca of Latter-day Saintdom. And uh, and I'm here at Education Week because sometimes I think I'm a 65-year-old retired gentleman and I come to Education Week. It's awesome. Now, for the listeners who – we have a global audience – What is Education Week, just in case folks don't know? Let's not take it for granted that they do. Yes. So Education Week is awesome and everybody should attend. I highly recommend it. It's basically BYU um, has this this little uh, window of in their schedule of their campus that maybe the campus isn't being used. And so they have Education Week where they have, they invite many of their uh, professors and individuals, you know, not everybody teaches at BYU, but you can apply to, to speak and you get just an array of different uh, perspectives and genius and gospel and everything from, you know, how to financial plan, but to uh, studying Isaiah. And so, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's I learn a ton and uh, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. I've never done it. I my, my favorite Education Week memory was when I was finishing at BYU. I graduated in August and all of my roommates left our, our little house for the summer. And they tried to get other. So I spent the first part of summer because you know the terms are actually split into little quarters during the summer term. Yeah, it's actually uh-huh. two fees. The first one I just kind of ignored people who wanted to come look at the property until it got so deep into the quarter nobody wanted to sign at that point. And then when they wanted to do it for the last half of the summer, the owners of our townhouse uh, wanted to bring their whole family in during because Education Week happens basically in the week between graduation and the new semester and the right. fall semester at BYU. Mm-hmm. The host owns the place, but they wanted to bring their family in to uh, just stay there for education week, uh-huh. which is their want. But a lot of the times, if you're staying f- through summer, through the fall, most of the contracts just keep going. There's no gap in them. Like your contract just runs from the end of that semester, which technically covers like education week and then it goes into the new one. <laughs> so they come hang out with you, Jeff? No, no. I didn't care because I was graduating. It didn't affect me at all. Oh, but because okay, of that, gotcha. no, nobody wanted to sign a lease there for the summertime because there's always folks who are like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like stay in a hotel for a week while your family comes and crashes in my bedroom? So it was awesome. Nobody moved in with me all summer and I had the whole place to myself. And so thank you, Education Week and uh, overzealous landlord. I appreciated that. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. And made, made me pretty nice. happy. So if you're down here at Education Week, uh, look for me. I'll, I'll be the guy in the Leading Saint shirt. Yep. I'm that yeah. guy, Jeff. You should. So. Is it the Leading Saint shirt with your wild new logo? Did you already no. get the swag made? Oh. Not yet. There this was not enough time. It's but a missed opportunity to look that. like you're part of a pit crew. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sorry. Jeff loves our new logo. I like that you're doing a new logo. Um, I, j- I just I felt like, like the podcast ri- needed a little more texture to it. I know you don't like the drop shadows, and that's not going to be like our standard logo like across the board, but uh, I, I, needed, uh, I needed something more for the podcast logo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. How was the, uh, didn't you go to a podcast conference with the worst person in the world? Didn't that happen? <laughs> yeah, so to, to podcast movement in Nashville, Tennessee, with he, yeah. which, with he who must not be named, Richie T. And yeah. uh, we we uh, shared a hotel room and hung out. And, uh, you know, you, you think you know a guy until until you live with him a few days. It sort of was like a uh, <laughs> pseudo mission. Like there was uh, sort of those memories of having a companion and being like, all right, elder, good night. <laughs> slept in the same bedroom, but not in the same bed. Exactly. That, those, kind of, yeah. those kind of regulations. You got a board. companionship study, you know, those types of things. <laughs> I would love a companionship study with Richie. That would be pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I need to reiterate how awesome the chemistry you two have is, uh, is quite dis- is, is, uh, I, I don't want to say, I, I want to say disappointing just because I know you won't continue with that chemistry, but you guys are really good together. Well, thank Hello. you. Who's to Is say, folks? On? Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm hey. here, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're having some uh, some connection issues today, so we'll see how often Kurt drifts off into severe Well, I thought you were like, you were baffled by what I just said, and you were like no, speechless. No. I agree with you. I had a great time with Richie. I had a great time with you that night, Richie. I had a great time. Why don't you call me? <laughs> I had a great time. You stopped returning your texts. Pretty much, little monster. All right. Well, anyway, monster. folks. Um, obviously hardly anything happened in the news last week. I mean, very, just nothing actually literally in terms of quantity, little happened in the news in terms of quality. However, we had very exciting news and I guess we should just lead off with it. Cause why not? Let's just lead off with the good this week. I'm not going to make you listen until minute 50 to get to the fun stuff. So, All right. um, because just last week when Jared Gillins was on, we were speaking, we talked about, a, there was an article by common consent that was sort of rating the church's pandemic response we got into a discussion about everything with the pandemic related COVID. And we seem to agree that we've done a lot of good, but we wish particularly on the vaccine front, the church wouldn't hide its remarks, not hide, but you know, the church has been urging us or encouraging us to be vaccinated uh, through social media posts by updating the general handbook, but through a lot of avenues that weren't like a direct appeal straight to the membership. It's a little more passive aggressive, right? A little bit. Yeah. It's just kind of, you're just kind of gleaning it if you can and we were wishing, like, wish this could be a little more clear, right? Well, okay, you want clear, the church will give you clear. <laughs> they listen, Jeff. And uh, listen it's kind you. of funny. So in a matter of days from then, uh, the First Presidency issued a statement, mincing fewer words, I would say, about vaccines. Um, and I would like to read it to you, if you'll indulge me, Kurt. It's only three oh, paragraphs. I've read it so many dear, times. Dear brothers and sisters, you might have heard this over the pulpit this week too, everybody, but we find ourselves fighting a war against the ravages of COVID-19 and its variants, an unrental and un- and its variants, an unrelenting pandemic. A war that ravages against the ravages and it's unrelenting. Okay. We want to do all we can to limit. I was like, that seems like weird phrasing. We want to do all we can to limit the spread of these viruses. We know that protection from the diseases they cause can only be achieved by immunizing a very high percentage of, of the population. To limit exposure to these viruses, we urge the use of face masks in public meetings whenever social distancing is not possible. To provide personal protection from such severe infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. Available vaccines have proven to be both safe and effective. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders. Please know of our sincere love and great concern for all of God's children. Signed, the First Presidency. I'm Russell M. Nelson, Dallin H. Oaks, Henry B. Iring. As you might expect, this made something of a splash. <laughs> yes, it did. I don't know how your circles were, Kurt, but the second this dropped, the first thing I thought is, what are the comments going to be like on the church's Facebook page? Don't do it, Jeb. Did you go there? I, I had to. I feel like it's oh. my, my podcast host duty. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we Trolls do not represent us. All right. It's not even, well, are you, that's the thing. Are you calling those individuals trolls? Because obviously there are many folks who are just straight up saying, no, 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 I'm not going to listen to the prophet. It's it. We've talked, you and I've talked about selective obedience a handful of times on the podcast, whether there was this stuff. I think we talked about it when the church banned uh, carrying firearms into buildings, for example, that one was even clearer. There was no urge. That was just straight up church policy. No firearms in the building. Full stop. That was, that was it. And yet people say, well, I don't care. I want to do what I want to do. We all do it. I'm guilty of it in other areas. I, you know, I, th- I think for all the, uh, all the, um, you know, the lazy liberal members of the church, it's it's so bizarre to me to see. I didn't think that we'd be seeing sort of conservative factions of the church. 
being the ones that are kind of driving us in this area, which is, I mean, I understand the belief behind it, but it's uh-huh. driving it's, us in, in what area? I guess the area of so much discord in, in the church. Usually, basically, uh, someone, this is a not a completely fair analogy, but I thought it sold the point reasonably well. Uh, someone said, you know that these same members right now who are just like basically saying there's no way I'm listening to the prophet on this. This is this is just false. Are the same people who took no issue with the church telling everyone to rally and organize for Prop 8 in California and just said, follow the prophet. Yeah. Right? Not a perfect comparison, but I mm-hmm. think that's something to think about. And like I said, we all do it. There's times when, when right now I'm saying like, follow the prophet, folks. The messaging is clear. And I might still... Have, I mean, we had the November policy that never sat well with me. I, it wasn't easy for me to just say, follow the prophet. A little bit different because following the prophet in that sense didn't mean I had the option to be like, no, I'm baptizing my these kids no matter what. I don't care what you say, Salt Lake. It's a little bit different. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, Kurt, you, you, you traffic in more conservative circles than I do. I try to aim for some balance, yes. um, but I'm not always perfect. How has it been? How is it? What have your thoughts been on uh, on this letter? What have you seen? What's give us the analysis, the leading saints unofficial analysis? Oh yeah, this does not affect Kurt's brand in any way, shape, or form. That's right. Okay. My my views do not uh, reflect uh, leading saints anyway. Anyways, but uh, definitely interesting. This dynamic of um, you know, there's a lot of passion. Obviously, this this topic has become extremely political. You know, I wish it wouldn't, but that that it is. And, uh, yeah. and so to me, there's maybe we want to talk about sort of this broader topic related to this, as far as, you know, obviously the church as an organization, you know, that, and I think, and I don't think this comes only from the, their PR department, but there's a sense <laughs> of like, let's not say anything like overly, overly political. I mean, and I'm, I'm taking away from the pandemic or vaccine or mass thing. Yeah, so of course, of course. I mean, cause you could say, I mean, I think it's fairly well known. I think elder rasband has been a registered Democrat. Um, you know, obviously several of them have been registered uh, Republicans. And so for example, uh, elder Uchtdorf, take him for example, he, he comes from Europe. Obviously, maybe there's more of a cr- progressive perspective on life and things. And then you take his general conference talks, which are full of empathy and grace, and they're just wonderful, wonderful talks. Um, you know, when you put them up against maybe President Oaks' talk, which seems much more, uh, you know, full of, I, I don't know the best words to use, to, but, you know, more direct and law focused, commandment focused and and whatnot. And so then we then project, we take our own, you know, maybe a more progressive Latter-day Saint, Latter-day Saint projects on to Elder Uchtdorf and sort of has this mental thought process of like, well, of course, I mean, we all know, you know, he's, he thinks more like us and, and, you know, he, yeah, he sort of yeah. has these tough times with some of these church policies and whatnot, when in reality we have no, no clue. Right. And then I think it was a few months ago, right. Where, some of his family members donated to the Biden campaign or something. And, you know, so then oh, everybody was, thinks, was, Oh, of course. Yeah, right. That, that, of course he's, he, he would never, he would never vote for Donald Trump. He's voting for Joe Biden. And, and <laughs> again, very likely. So I have so, no means to, to corroborate this, but I'm convinced none of the 15 voted for Trump, but that's just me. Okay. Right. I'm, and, I'm and, serious, and this is so. an example, right? Like we, we Not project me, on them. I, Right, right. It's like, so, an, it's like an academic analysis of who they are, and where I, I would not be shocked if not a one of them voted for Trump. Right. They all wrote in Evan once more. <laughs> so, so um, you know, and I've heard from just side conversations with different people, like, oh, I, I've talked to the person who uh, delivers the mail to you know Elder, you know Elder Cook, and and Elder Cook thinks this whole mass thing's a joke, and yada yada. I'm just sort of like, okay, <laughs> interesting. Like, where where does that come from? And so, because the church, and going back to my main point, because the church maybe doesn't come out and just have this full on debate of some of these issues, right? We then naturally, as human beings, we project our own perspectives on some of them. Like, what well, and and. Then when those those moments where they do maybe come out, like Elder Anderson's talk about abortion, like suddenly yeah. the internet blows up on the more uh, liberal side, thinking what what is he doing? Of course the church doesn't have this strong of a stand, yada yada. And because for so long we projected this our our views onto them because they speak more in generalities because they are general authorities. So this was sort of a microcosm yeah. of that, where maybe the more conservative members of the church. Or right-leaning members who are are 
more uncomfortable with vaccines and government mandates and CDC, whatever. They're thinking, well, of course the church is, you know, they're, they're more in line with me. And then this comes out and it sort of explodes, right? Like, when, yeah. like it sort of shakes people. And I don't think that's a healthy place for a community to be. So, and this will never happen, but I really wish that individuals like apostles could speak more as individuals about how they're wrestling with maybe political concepts or uh, social views or whatever it is like, because by doing that, we're less likely to project our own views onto them. And then when some, when they do have to say, all right, guys, listen, we, we, this is serious and we need a mask and, and vaccinate, then it's like, boom, you know, it's sort of, it rattles people. So it's an interesting, as I've seen people wrestle with it, where they're like, there's sort of this mini faith crisis a little bit. You know, I don't think anybody that at least that I'm close with or who, who struggle with this is going to, you know, stop going to church or leave the church altogether. But it's sort of this, this cognitive dissonance that suddenly they're like, wait, 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 no, no, like that. You are not the opinion I thought you were. And now I'm having to reconcile. It's really hard. But anyways, I've gone on too long, but it's interesting to see how this dynamic happens, especially as we've seen the last week that I wish that there was more, you know, uh, Hubie Brown's standing up in conference and saying, you know, this is how I see, you know, um, this political issue. And then President Benson comes up and says, no, this is how I see it. And, and you know, we've both done a lot of reading about President Benson and we both roll our eyes at some of his tactics and things. It's just like, man, you are so out there at times. But I sort of appreciate that I that I knew where he stood on things. Um, yeah. And for good or bad, I know that sort of influenced the the more conservative perspectives of the church. But at the same time, it's like, great. We know where, where elder Benson is and let's move on and reconcile that. Oh, and you know, elder Brown somewhere else. Let's, let's reconcile that a different way. But I think that's a healthier place to be rather than just constantly projecting our opinions on these men that we, we classify as prophets. And that's an interesting perspective you have there. And you sort of, you kind of hinted at this a couple months ago when you were on. I don't know if it's specifically where you're talking about Anderson's uh, abortion talk or something else. Yeah. But yeah, that you wish there was essentially more political discussion so we could normalize it. And right. so it wouldn't be such a weird thing. Of course, you must be disappointed with the handbook updates just the other week that <laughs> yeah, exactly. specified even more clearly not to get right. political from the yeah. pulpit. And I just, and I even feel like even in the context of a ward, I wish you know, we were more of a community that could stand up and say, you know, this is what I believe. And I don't think like in a Sunday school class about Doctrine and Covenants section 88, like we need to have this, but I really feel like if we don't figure out a way to talk about our differing views, not to convince anybody, but just to be understood, like this isn't going to work. Yeah. One, this wouldn't work for everyone, but one thing I think is interesting for my word is we have uh, an unofficial elders quorum book club. And inevitably, the discussions lead into a lot of the these typical hmm. areas, and they never get debate. So much of a debate, or they get heated. But it's kind of become a respectful forum where people trade different ideas, and we understand that one another where we stand in different areas, even politically. But you kind of have a civil discussion about it and get one another better. I mean, it's like one of my better friends in the ward is a, a very learned libertarian guy, and I mostly just like to tease him, and we like to tease each other about our political views. But it's like whoop de doo. Like we still like I used to home teach them, right. and we get along fine, and we go see Marvel movies together, and we, well, in different times of life, and maybe <laughs> Shane Ching or whatever that next one is. Uh, that like that's one yeah. thing that's been useful for us because you can't do it at church, and you shouldn't do it at church proper necessarily. Right, but right. I think, but I think it'd be so novel. Imagine if somebody organized like the <laughs> the Ward Political Discussion Group, wherein we can all get together and be more open about how we feel about things and learn right. and, like be forced to respect one another. And and there's not like a clear way as far as maybe how to facilitate that. But right now what happens because there's not, we like default to Facebook. And then we all know like several members in our ward who post things and you're just sort of like, I I thought I knew you. Like who, who is this person on Facebook? Right. But there's no other place to, to really have that dialogue. And so it just, you sort of, passively separate yourself and you're like, yeah, I wave to you at Sunday, but man, you're kind of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So now one thing you stressed, of course, is that vaccines have become political. And I think you feel like that's a shame. I think it's a shame too, that Mm -hmm. for some reason, for some reason, this is a, a partisan issue about vaccines, which is 
which is sad. I think this is just a scientific and a medical issue. I don't know why this has to be a thing where we're harping on the personal freedom side of it, which of course leans on more, you know, conservative political beliefs. I just, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be that, you know, if we're, we should just look at it and say it's a, it's a medical discussion and it's a societal discussion about what we can do to love my, our neighbors. Uh, and there are personal decisions to make on those fronts. I think that's okay. And we saw for months, though, as the church would put out releases encouraging vaccination, they would always have a final paragraph that would say something to the effect of vaccination is a personal decision in consultation with your doctor and yada, yada, yada. I read that me. I read that me trying to look at the overall tone of what's being offered saying, I don't think they're implying it's a free for all, just like I'm not into vaccines. So who cares? It's more like, please consider what we're telling you, but consult with your doctor if you have circumstances that would prohibit you from taking this step. Mm-hmm. Not going all the way and saying, but get vaccinated or else. But uh, the language released last week is interesting because there is no such paragraph. And I have to assume that's intentional because it's been intentional to include one otherwise. And I don't think the First Presidency releases statements like this without considering the ramifications. By the way, you wouldn't believe how many... I actually saw a post on Facebook with people just saying, this is not from the First Presidency. <laughs> There's this a goal. This is... <laughs> Ones like that are like, no, this is this is. Sometimes yeah. it comes because it's 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 from the twin page, so they think like I wrote this, like I'm putting words <laughs> in their mouth, and which I would yeah. never ever. Which is, ever I mean, do. We, we've there there has been instances where you know people have created fake pages, but obviously something like this, the church would respond quite quickly if it was making the rounds that uh, you know if it was not them. So it's definitely yeah. not the first person. So. <laughs> anyway, so that's just me pulling this out. I find that interesting, though, that they seem to have totally removed that element of it. They still use the word urge, but I don't think the church is ever going to say, like, we command you to be vaccinated. Like, that's not if you watch General Conference and all the counsel we received there for the weekend, much of what we take as scripture, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that actually has the word people following up with thus saith the Lord or you are commanded? It's usually words like encourage, be better. Make good choices. Everything comes off as a recommendation, more or less, with the with this language. We we lay out maybe the pros and cons, the benefits of being obedient, doing what God wants us to do. But if we're like trying to pick apart the actual verbiage used, I don't think it strays too far from even a letter like this from the first presidency mm-hmm. urging us to be vaccinated. Obviously, if you don't get vaccinated, that's that's your choice, and you're not going like, to lose a temple recommend over it or anything like right. that. You know, there, but. I think the baseline, the lowest common denominator we're working for as Latter-day Saints is not strictly temple worthiness, because if that were the case, there's a lot of things we wouldn't really have to focus on, right? I mean, if you do your ministering or not, it has nothing to do with whether you can have a temple recommend. Right. Just as yep. an example. Um, yep. Since, Just given where you are in Utah, my, my words, I'm curious what it's been like for you as response to this with one Sunday. And like in my ward... Pretty much it was maskless until a couple of weeks ago. And then two Saturdays ago, latest Saturday night, the stake presidency sent an email and just said, Delta variant is real. We're having higher than average cases in our area. So effective immediately, we're asking you once again to wear a mask at any indoor activities, full mm-hmm. stop. And of course, even with that, there were people who said things like, well, remember, they're just saying they're asking. And I was like, oh, come on, come on. This is like your stake presidency <laughs> just saying like, we're asking you to wear a mask. That's a clear directive, I think. Yeah. So I was surprised well, that the, ne- the next Sunday, though, it was c- complete, like full masks <laughs> in the ward. And so the news this last week didn't cause much of a, sorry. Uh, the news this last week didn't cause much of a, a ruckus in that sense because we were already kind of used to it from a week prior. But I've seen plenty online that there are many whose wards are just ignoring the the counsel from the brethren. So I'm hmm. curious just how it's been for you in sort of suburban Utah. What, what went on there? Yeah. So from my experience, uh, we were maskless up until uh, this past Sunday. I actually didn't go to my home ward, went to a family baby blessing in Kaysville. And uh, it was, I would say, 97% masked. Uh you know, there's a few individuals and, and again, that's good. That, that's good. you know, those that I felt like there were some individuals that felt, you know, you know, it was pretty spread out and they could, like the letter said, if, if social distancing is possible, you know, that some removed the mask at that time. But, um, so yeah, I, I felt, I think generally in Utah, I, I would be shocked and maybe in a more remote place, uh, but at least with the, the wards near me, I'm sure were, high 90% of masks this past Sunday. So, 
That's actually better than I expected, just given yeah. some what I've seen online, which is which is good. Um, yeah. Like Peggy Fletcher Stack put out a call on her Facebook page asking just for people's experiences as well, mm-hmm. and all across the board, as you might imagine. But people, some people were saying like in Syracuse, Utah, they did not read the letter from the pulpit. Did they read the letter from the pulpit in the word you attended? No, but the letter also didn't say to be read from the pulpit. No, it didn't. Right. I think that's completely up to bishops. I think what made it cross the line into over the pulpit was the fact that it went as a direct email into everyone's inbox in the church. Yeah. So at that point, I think my leadership was like, okay, we're reading this from the pulpit because this was a letter of the first presidency, like didn't try to bury, you know, though it's not on letters.churchofjesuschrist.org. Uh, so hmm. yeah. fun times all around. We will see what happens with the folks when they read this over the pulpit. It wasn't huge. But in that little clause at the end, when it says "follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders," I could hear some snickering because everyone's like, Pah! "Got wise counsel of government leader," like that kind of mindset, <laughs> nice. right? I could kind of—I heard—I was pretty faint, but I could hear a little bit of it. I was like, "Okay," I was—I was almost waiting for it. I think I was expecting to hear it, but uh, thankfully, COVID has largely not hit my ward too bad. So, anyways, folks. I guess it's still your choice to be vaccinated, but I feel like the gauntlet's kind of been lowered a bit more clearly. Um, yeah, this, again, this, they're definitely uh, made a clear statement that I don't think uh, there's a question as far as where our, you know, our leaders, our general authority leaders stand on this topic. So. What do you make of that by common consent article? Look at the darn snake. I don't think the snake, it's not the perfect analogy of the snake. Right. You see it a lot right now, the story of Moses with the, you know, the fiery, the flying serpents and all that. And yeah. All they had to do was look at the snake to be saved. The snake, of course, represented Christ. Masks and vaccines don't represent Christ. I understand that completely, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, I get the, the point. Idea, I yeah. don't, I mean, these are type of gardens I don't find overly helpful to what's happening. I think it just goes into an echo chamber. I don't think this is going to influence anybody right way. There's sort of a, you know, there's obviously with, from the title, there's a tone of <laughs> looking down on people saying, you know, yeah, come on, don't yeah. be stupid, you know? And that's, that's tough. Cause obviously this is, this is literally a pandemic. I mean, people are dying. And so it's easy for that passion to boil over. Um, and I just, I sort of wince when I hear on both sides, when it kind of goes to a point of like, well, you're just being stupid or you just don't care, I guess. Like, wait a minute, like we can't, and that doesn't change hearts and minds when you're right. like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, so, I, always go, I always go back to my missionary experience. And how would it be if you're presenting someone something that is true, the gospel, mm-hmm. the restored gospel of, of Jesus Christ? And if people have questions, you're just like, dude, quit being stupid. Just get right. baptized. Like, why are you being a moron right now? Are you an idiot? I was like that. Right. And yet, or, or when individuals begin to question their faith, right? And it's sort of like, what, what are you reading that stuff? Don't read that stuff. Like, come on. Like, this is, that's ridiculous. I mean, that never helps an individual. I mean, it because it involves shame and shame never is uh, helpful. In you might call those influence. people lazy learners though, Kurt. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Or are they? <laughs> Did you happen to read the other article we had from, uh, what's his face? Jeff, what's his face? He wrote something yes. about Meridian Magazine about like, it was really long, essentially better yes. ways to, better ways to discuss COVID concerns with members who have those concerns. And to me, this confused. was a much more helpful article now, to me this written, is like yeah it was, it was good. written I by it was good. jeff Lindsay. jeff Lindsay maintains the blog mormanity which is like deep cut twim stuff like mormanity is a blog we were pulling content from to talk about within the first 10 episodes of this show so i'm glad <laughs> to see jeff is still at it which is nice. nice this was really long i thought there was some useful things here there were some areas where i feel like he drifted into like for lack of a better term conservative apologetics a little sure. bit um more than was necessary for example it basically drifted out of how to talk to members with concerns and just kind of seemed like he was soapboxing a bit about a lot of the classic things you see, this and that. Broadly speaking, mm-hmm. though, I think this was helpful because yeah. he calls yeah. them what? CPDs? What was this? COVID policy doubters. Yes. Yes. So we're, there's a there's a title for him now. So there you go. Everyone needs a title. Anyways, I don't know if anything about in this jumped out at you. I mean, I didn't even. No, I just felt it was like I read the whole thing. an article full of empathy. Like, and this is the best place to be with a lot of this, like the more we can just empathize with people. And because even when we, in our mind, we're thinking what you're saying is completely crazy. Like, yeah. you know, I believe the aliens came to me last night and, and, you know, took me up in their spaceship and, you know, put me in a dungeon and whatever's like, oh, wow. Like if that really happened, wow, that's probably really scary. Tell me more about that. Right. Like the more empathy we can show in this rather than like, well, you just haven't read enough or, come on, like, don't be stupid. Like 
here's 10 experts that say this and they'll all, oh, here's 10 experts to say this. Well, what is an expert anyways? Um, so I thought it was full of empathy and worth a read. Uh, if, if someone's like really struggling with, you know, with, with seeing how people are responding, this responding to this uh, time in, in our history, um, first get off any social media and two read this article and you'll be in a much better spot. Overall, yes, but I don't know how I feel about his first look south, then look east stuff. That seemed, that's the part that kind of was like, all right, okay. Maybe buddy. I didn't get to that. First look that, south, then look east. Oh, he's talking about, you know, how, well, you know, of course, he's talking about how to deal with people who maybe don't trust the CDC, mm. uh, the Centers for Disease Control, or, you know, government responses. And he's like, well, you know, first it was supposed to be for two weeks, then four, then eight. I don't. The CDC never said it was like official. Anyways, I, I never thought this was only going to be a two-week thing last March. I figured we were going to be at it for a little while. And then he talked about the southern border and all that stuff, how we have an allegedly porous border, which we do have issues there, and how that's causing a, a surge in COVID, which mo a lot of material doesn't support that completely. This is what I meant where he kind of seems to drift into some uh, some yeah, Fox News. But at the same time, like overall, an individual like that leans more right is going to read that and be like, Oh, like he, he's heard me. Like he understands what I'm wrestling with. Right. True. And so again, it's more that empathy of you go over here for a little bit, then over there for a little bit. And, and uh, that's fair, but I don't think it's worth developing empathy at, at the expense of being completely truthful perhaps, but Hey, that's all good things. Everyone's happy. Everyone wins. Love, love, love for that's all right. involved. Just love Jeff. All the, yeah. I, all you need is love. John Lennon said that. I bet he'd wear a mask. <laughs> there you are projecting you know <laughs> no no actually i if you listen to that song backwards jeff it actually says i hate the cdc never yeah. get immunized so i also like to play it when i watch the wizard of oz <laughs> is, is that a thing no but you know but you know about the pink floyd thing right uh, I, I'm, I'm not in if that. you play okay allegedly if you play dark side of the moon the classic pink okay. Floyd album and sync it up at one specific moment i forget when uh, during the beginning of the Wizard of Oz, the and then turn the volume down. The Wizard of Oz, the album Dark Side of the Moon tracks like the whole movie, <laughs> like a soundtrack. Everything that's wow. going on. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight, Jeff. I, I was. It's this. It's this famous <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. I've my goal is to be a musician who makes stuff that you have to play backwards to develop get meaning <laughs> from it. So. Nice, love it. Anyway, so folks, uh, I, I do hope you'll consider getting vaccinated if you haven't already. It'd be a good thing. Just and just to dispel any 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 misconceptions, I don't know everything about this stuff. I don't, but one thing I want to stress uh, is that wearing a mask it can have benefit for the wearer. It can have some, but the idea behind wearing masks is not to benefit self. It is to protect others from yourself in the event you are carrying something. And it's interesting to me that there is so much misconception about that. And I think the perfect way to remember this is that when you see surgeons. If they're in the operating room, they're always wearing their masks, right? Is that to protect them from the sick patient who wouldn't be allowed to be operated upon if they had such a, if they were in such a, no, it's to protect someone who's being cut open from the germs of other people's faces who are in the room. So just like, remember that. That's why doctors have worn masks, to protect others from them in, so they don't give more infections away. It's just the same idea. Just try to remember. Masks aren't that big a deal. I don't love wearing one either. Like who? No one does. But it's to protect others from you in the event you're carrying something you don't even know you have and to help out. That's all it's for. And the science behind the vaccines and the reactions to them will continue. So, Kurt. Yeah. Do you, wanna, do you have any other stories you'd like to talk about now? <laughs> I mean, Some these are hard-hitting fluff. Hey, I want to give a, a good shout out to once I was engaged, which we've both seen, right? Yeah, um, how'd you how'd you like it? You never gave me your review. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was exactly what it claimed to be, and I had several belly laughs throughout the throughout the uh, show. And uh, so, yeah, I recommend it. And now you can stream it, right? Individual family viewing pass for twenty five bucks. Hey, that's and, uh, five dollars cheaper than Disney Plus Premier yeah. Access. So, and then all the way up to twenty-five to fifty people, one hundred seventy-five dollars. I mean, what if you want to show it to your ward, Jeff? What are you supposed to do then? I don't know. That's it's only fifty people for one seventy-five. And know. if you're in Utah, but if you're in Utah, you can see it in the movie theater. So if you're where I am, where you can't see it in a movie theater, though, I'd have to be talking at least four times on investment. I don't think I can justify seven hundred dollars to take the yeah. the wards the movies. What it's was your favorite scene from the movie, Jeff? Uh, it's been a few weeks since I watched it. <laughs> um, 
I loved the I loved the cameo that I still don't think I'll reveal oh, yet. Yes. For the sake of those who haven't seen it, that was my question good. was that was great. Now, obviously, this cameo comes from a certain state where another person could have also given a cameo. Did they not call that individual, or did he turn them down? President Nelson, yeah, he's too no. busy. <laughs> too busy. Elder Gong might have been game for this. They should have gotten Elder Gong to do it. I can yeah, see maybe, maybe. It's kind of cool they're doing. Is this the first? I haven't seen this usually with Deseret Book getting involved in like the film distribution side like this for a streaming service. Is this anything you've noticed uh, before? Well, I think because Deseret Book wasn't involved in the first. Once I was a beehive, and then I think they saw the success there, and now I think this is mainly a pandemic result of realizing that not a lot of people are going to movie theaters, and yeah. so. Yeah they came up with a way to stream it, but I don't think it was like in their long term, you know, cause I think uh, if they, if they wanted to go that direction, they would just buy living scriptures, which is fantastic. And I love it. And, and does get a lot of these movies. I don't, I don't know if once right. I want to be high, is on living scriptures. It is right now or not. because my nine year old watches it every Sunday on one living scriptures. Watches once I was a beehive. Yeah. Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So that's, that's She's the movie. A fan. Huh? She's uh, a fan. Son- Kurt, you're so righteous. She came you're to so me to the premiere. That's why I I did it, Jeff. Oh, you're so righteous, Kurt. I'm just <laughs> glad you got on the bandwagon. I was so excited when you two were having people from that on desperately I mean, stretching, be like, you play a bishop. Let's talk about leadership. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You directed a movie. That's kind of like leading. That's Let's like leading, that. right? It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know what, Jeff? You get all the fun interviews, and every once in a while, I just want a fun interview, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, my friend. Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, other exciting news. I love that th- I love that this is a piece that someone dec- thought we needed to write. LDS Living, bless your hearts, namaste. 29 photos of President Oaks that will make you love him even more. So we know who this is written for. It's people who already love... Elder Oaks. There's also, by the way, this is like a series they've been doing because in the yeah, sidebar, yeah, there's, there's 27 photos of Elder Holland that will make you love him even more. 25 photos of Elder Christofferson that will make you love him even more. Just love, love, love all around. That actually makes me think of a side note about Elder Holland a little bit. If I can digress real quick, one of our Twitter followers, I think this is fair because it's on Twitter, um, mentioned that Elder Holland visited their ward and oh, yeah, talked about this. how he almost died last year. And if you remember, we've had lots of this. So he, he was in like the, the Denver area. They had a state conference. He shed tears of gratitude for God's sustaining hand, allowing him to be here. It's his, it was his first travel assignment since nearly dying last year. I guess that was the first time he's really said, like, I nearly died last year. His wife talked about nearly losing him. Um, he's been on physical therapy so we can walk again because docs thought he would be wheelchair bound. Now, I think that's the first we're hearing of this. We've known he was in a wheelchair, had a walker, and there's been a lot of, you know, Rumors and stuff. So all that information while, came from this the person that visited or that was there when this, he visited? This, this, this came right. secondhand from somebody who attended okay. the meeting with him. In okay. Yes. So um, that's interesting. I mean, we, we know he's had health trouble. And last year, remember, he went, he was hospitalized and the church was very yeah. qu- quick to say it's not COVID, but we didn't, it's his personal life, right? right? But yeah. HIPAA, it's not really HIPAA. And he's, HIPAA. Been, he's been seen with uh, some uh, walker and some, some shots, yeah. right? So and I still- they, they do that thing where they like uh, pan away from the lectern- at conference and then suddenly he's there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. yeah. They don't show him walking up like they do yeah. the other ones. We'll see how that is this time around too, because they're going to do it in the conference center again in the main hall, but without, uh, be very people. echoey. I, <laughs> there will not <laughs> no be bodies people. to absorb. That's feed. right. Um, It'll be anyway, good to be back there. So good for Elder Holland. Uh, we still don't know what those circumstances are exactly, but here's 29 photos of, of President Oaks, it'll make you love him even more. They're assuming you love him and you want to love him even more. Obviously, since this is an audio, an aural medium, it does me a little good to tell you about all 29 photos. You'll just have to see them yourself. Um, I It's wonderful to see these. I don't know if they made me love him more. I'll be completely straight with you. I, I feel like I have the same <laughs> feelings about President Oaks that Did I had going his, into uh, his recent uh, biography? Okay, sorry, hold on. The one with him on a tractor oh, and a sorry. John Deere umbrella above him. Okay, now you that, love him more. That one makes me love him a little bit more. He looks so happy <laughs> about that. Uh, and also when he's Cosmo the Cougar. Yes. That one's okay. Uh, otherwise, uh, I have not read the biography. Tell me more. Well, it, it recently re- released and uh, yeah, you'll learn to love him a little bit more. It wasn't my, uh, probably wasn't my favorite biography of, a, of an apostle, but uh, 
I try and read them, and you, I definitely it's, read it's written by uh, it's written by Turley, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Turley writes some good stuff. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Well, did you get? A, the, did you did you score a comped copy? Is that how you did this, Kurt? Did I get one? Um, I don't about, think so. It's all about remember. the comped copy, baby. That's the right. That's what we do. Best thing about this whole job. <laughs> um, and then I, I bet there's a an article of full of pictures of President Ballard coming up because he's next in. Because they've done a President Iring one, didn't they? And yeah, but then they're bouncing around. I mean, they've, they've done they've done Holland. I, guess. I mean, they've done Okay, I, I guess I'm not keeping up with these this series, but it's it's the weirdest unofficial series in the world. I can't wait till we get to twenty. Is it going to go down, or we're going to have like seven photos of Elder Suarez that'll make you love him even more? Well, you know, by the time the person whoever is our age becomes an apostle, like there's they're going to have a ton of pictures. I mean, there's going to be a lot more than yeah than this. 29 just so. someone sitting on a tractor yeah come on <laughs> uh let's see we have too many apps jeff or do we have <laughs> enough apps sorry i i probably a little slip there uh yeah i'm shocked the church news published the the book of mormon app and 17 more church apps you might not know about i actually remember reviewing this article and i actually found one or two that i was like huh, that's not you bad you reviewed this article well, yeah, like when I got the church news in the old mailbox. Yeah. Oh, I read this. so you read you read the article? Yes. Sorry. I thought you meant that the author Sidney Walker said, "Hey, Kurt, <laughs> you, I love I know you for your, your copy editing skills. Can you please <laughs> help me out with this?" No, no, I definitely am not a copy editor. Far from it. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about this because we have apparently eighteen apps in yeah, the church. There's a lot of apps. Everything from church pamphlets, which contain interactive versions of pamphlets published by the church. I, I don't know. I maybe maybe this is a missionary effort, right? Like somebody's going through the app library. They're well, like, oh, a, what's it's this? A, it's a dead link if I click for the Google Play Store. Oh, well, it takes me no, it takes me nowhere. What about the Apple Store? Oh boy, yeah, dead link on the Google. It gets four point four stars though on iOS. So maybe uh, they've discontinued some of these. But uh, and then you got you know facility issues reporting. Actually, this is a handy app for leaders. I used quite a bit. I remember you're just sitting in a meeting and you're like, huh. That light bulb's burn out. Let me, while this person is burying their soul over the lectern, I'm going to get out my old app here and, yes. and that'll be fixed by Tuesday, right? So I think we did talk about, maybe we talked about this maybe at some point on this podcast. I feel like this is an updated article and we've had some kind of discussion about some of these apps. Gospel Voice. That's how you listen to scriptures. That's right. Alexa, enable Gospel Voice. Now everybody's got, like Alexa went off. And does it just <laughs> read scriptures to you? Yeah, or you can say like, "Hey Google, um, read Doctrine and Covenants eighty nine, and it'll read it." Uh, Gospel Media app is one I've used quite a bit, being a being an influencer of sorts, right? <laughs> they got a Sacred Music Seminary and Institute. If you want is to Gospel register, Living the one that no one's using is that the one that we yeah, talked I think about that's before in this that's sort of the uh, what's the the Google Wave? Uh, you know, it's sort of slowly being discontinued because they're realizing great idea. Nobody's using it. Let's let's all hope the church does not have Google's uh, lack of commitment to to supporting apps because Google is like the worst company in the world for this is a cool cool app we've had for like seven years. We're stopping it. It's over. Yeah. Like, but like tons of people, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's over. Yeah. Like Allo. Allo messaging. As you know, we both. Are you still pixeling, my friend? Are you still a pixel? Yeah, I'm a pixel user. Yep. What are you What are you using right now? Five, four. Uh, it's a. F- I think it's f- Pixel Four. Okay, I'm on the five. The six anyway, comes out. I'll probably jump. Have on you that seen one. the leaks on that six? That thing looks hot. It does look hot. I'm impressed, especially because they've developed their own chip instead of using a Qualcomm chip. I'm curious to see if it'll have <clears> any <throat> significant gains. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, messaging people. In case you care, you Apple users have it easy. iMessage is a wonderful messaging app. It makes perfect sense when you message fellow Apple users. It functions more like WhatsApp. It's using your data plan, so you can send videos and pictures, and it's good quality, and you can get those little read receipts and all that stuff. You get the blue bubble, right? Android has no official equivalent, um, and if and with iOS, if you message someone not on iOS, you just get the green bubble, and it's just regular SMS. You know, Android's never really had that. I don't know why Google just doesn't do something that's a one for one. They've had right. like Allo, which is like a Facebook Messenger competitor. They've done so many different things. They've got Hangouts. They have chat. They have me. They've got so much junk, and they discontinue and bring things back and forth. Now they're doing RCS, Kurt. This is Google. This is Google. RCS uh-huh. is their approach. If you were to look at the texting we were giving each other today, you know how we have we do have dark blue circles bubbles on ours now, and you, and it'll actually give you a read receipt. 
if I send you a text. That is technology they use with the carriers. Um, And if they enable it, you get kind of the same functionality you'd get with iOS, but it's like carrier dependent. So I'm guessing you're not on Verizon. No. Because Verizon doesn't support it yet. Anyway, folks, there's a Tabernacle (laughs) Choir app, Sacred Music, uh, Family of the Many Family, Doctrinal Mastery. I don't know. They've got apps. I don't know what's going on. They got apps. So. This is weird times. Hey, so I don't know if you've been following the whole saga with the uh, the James Huntsman lawsuit. Very little. The J- James Huntsman is the brother of one John Huntsman, former governor of Utah, ambassador for the United States. He on? He's on his third ambassadorship now, I believe, right? He's going to be the ambassador to Turkey now. Uh, he was the ambassador yeah. to China and Russia and uh, ran for president. Nobody cared, which is kind of sad because he was actually a decent nominee. Anyway, uh, James, his brother, left the church and is suing the church for at least $5 million, basically as a refund for tithing, essentially saying, I was defrauded. And the whole, this whole thing hinges on being tithing actually being an example of defrauding someone. So anyway, uh, the church's lawyers, of course, have provided lots of good information and documents and this and that. But basically, they've gone to court and said, yeah, no, no, you, you, need, to, uh, you need to throw this whole thing out, Judge. And didn't... I heard some interview somewhere where they said if somebody does want to get their tithing money back, that they just have to make that request and they'll get it back. Or is that is it more a lawsuit about fraud rather than whether the money's actually coming back? I think it's more about fraud. And that's what it would it would be all about. Like, can you prove that there was fraud and that the church deliberately deceived somebody to take their funds and do something else with it in a fraudulent way? I think this whole thing has been a stunt by Huntsman. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's safe to say that. He's got great hair, though. That's that's a that's Mitt Romney level of beautiful. But those body. huntsmen's, you know, what a curious family those huntsmen's. Yeah, he's, his he's his brother is uh, is a uh, area seventy, so it's sort of like across the board. I wondered how many of them like were still involved in church. So we know John Huntsman is kind of a lapsed me- member, right. it seems, and yeah. so are his kids. Uh, their father, of course, was a famous very devout, very, yeah. very devout. You know, gave the let the church use his plane to do stuff. So it's not like he can't control the kids. Who knew? Yeah, we'll pray for him. Okay, please do. Kurt, you want to talk about the Mesa Visitor Center? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I read yeah, nothing yeah. more but the headline. I figured what would happen is an apostle by the name of Elder Suarez yes. went there, and he uh, yes. said the old dedicatory prayer, and uh, now it's it's up and running. So that was definitely an overhaul. I went to Mesa and saw that like when like the ground was dug out and the temple was just like on stilts or whatever, and I mean— it was, yeah. uh, it's cool to think that it's all done. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's nice. They also, they did involve young adults to make some of the artwork for the new thing. So the, the point of this new visitor center though, is it's all brand, it's brand new. It's no longer, um, right across from the temple, like kind of in the line of sight. I think it used to be south of the temple. So you can see it from the main street, but it was behind it. Now it's over on the corner of the main street, a little bit more removed from the temple itself, but they built it to be interactive, have cool displays, you know, all the modern things you would expect. And they've been they've involved many youth and young adults from the mid teens to the mid twenty somethings to in, to design the artwork to create stuff to think about the plans think about how they want to do everything, so it's great they're involving people in this and all the all the good work they're doing. I have no intention of going to Arizona ever again, so I'll probably <laughs> never see this in person. What what's wrong with Arizona? Everything is wrong with Arizona. Oh. Have you been up and listening to the podcast? I mean, ever since I went there two months ago for my sister's wedding, it's oh, hell really? on earth. No one I, should live there. I don't think I got the last week's, but uh, anyways, I, I do my best to. to I mean, I sum it. I sum it up basically as saying I am. It makes I question whether Brigham Young's directive to settle that area was divinely inspired. I don't know <laughs> wow. if it was. If if, <laughs> hey, if everyone else can question vaccines, I can question this. All right, that's my fair thing. <laughs> that's right. You 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 take that, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you very Nobody's much. Nobody's judging you here. They shouldn't. I know you don't care. You're a wonderful person. I'm excited for this. I mean, I know the Mesa Temple is not coming back immediately itself, but it's great to have the visitor center going. And I'm assuming it's open for people with masks. Um, the rise of the Delta variant has sort of stalled a lot of other efforts along those lines. Like I don't know if you saw, there was this. Th- um, they confirmed that church office building employees were supposed to go back oh, this yeah. week, and then they said, "Nope, stay home if you don't need to be here, and you got to wear a mask if you're going to be here." So it makes me wonder if like when we interviewed uh, Keith Erickson, we were supposed to reopen the church history library. I don't know what the status is of that mm. right now, yeah. for example. I'm assuming at Education Week, you have to 
Are they masking yeah. up and distancing? Are they doing a whole extra? Uh, you know, I think distancing when possible, but uh, yeah, masks are, uh, you know, same guidance as the church. Because uh, they hold this meetings. in, they hold it in what, random classrooms throughout campus, places like that? Where, what yeah, are the, the venues for education? Uh, the, the big one is, you know, obviously the Marriott Center. So that one will be easy to space out. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, the typical, the Joseph Smith Building Auditorium is another one. And then, yeah, just classrooms in the, in the MARB, you know, like, so I spent a lot of time in the Marb. Oh yeah, I went to church. Strange in the Marb. little building. Why is it even there? The Marb. <laughs> it, it's past its time. I think it kind of doesn't need it. They should just put a plaza in its place. <laughs> plaza. <laughs> and the Kennedy Center should be larger. Those are my two cents, folks. The Kennedy Center is a comparatively small building, and it shows how much we truly care about international relations at BYU. So, with that, everybody. That's going to be the show. Kurt, you got anything going on with Leading Saints? Anything you want to plug? Uh, we're in the works with the, the Single Saints Virtual Summit. Where we're going to talk about uh, the complexities of uh, being single, a single adult in the church. And so, Is that a hard thing, to be single in the church? Is that hard? I don't know, that, but I'm talking with people who do know. Okay, and uh, yeah, so that's I've, our I've next summit. I've heard it's easy when your culture talks about eternal families. It's like yeah. you don't feel you're, weird. You're one of our presenters, Jeff, so this will be great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we always got some great topics at the... Uh, I remember one time pretty recently after my wife and I got married, our old singles ward bishop asked us to come back and like, you know, do one of those panel forum things to like, you know, you're a success story. And you've, it's so awkward. Like, yeah, oh I really yeah. have it all figured out. Chumps, listen to me. What I did is I sw- swiped right more than left and now I'm married. We got married before Tinder. I know. Sorry. I know. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, we always got some great content on the podcast, so people should uh, check us out wherever you're listening to this. uh, Search for Leading Saints, and uh, we're there. And we're actually, where you can go to YouTube as well. We've we've launched our uh, or gotten serious with our YouTube channel on uh, for the podcast, so you can listen to podcast episodes there as well. And this is where I give a shout out to our YouTube watchers for TWIM because they exist. They're like never nudes. There are dozens of them. Dozens. Hmm. Wow. And they watch. Giving thumbs up and comments. and They watch the TWIM. So thanks to YouTube people because folks, I don't know if you audio folks know, you can watch this on YouTube. You can see Kurt and I talking back and forth. Eyes glazing over, not even knowing what we're going to do next. The whole thing. So thanks to YouTube people. Thanks to our uh, Patreon supporters, by the way, if you want to support the show. Patreon.com slash This Week in Mormons. You know, three bucks. Come on. You've got that. You can do this. I know the analytics. Not all of you are listening from a place where you can't do that. You, you do it. Come on, people. And help Kurt, too. He doesn't do Patreon. He's just kind of awesome and takes donations. That's as a charity. right. So we'll take it. Little, just give him money at Leading Saints or something. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a week. We'll see what happens next week. I'm curious to see what's going to happen on the as the vaccine world rolls out and uh, what else might happen to us as Latter-day Saints. Until then, thanks to Kurt once again for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. Enjoy Education Week, folks. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, be well, be holy, and be happy. Bye.